position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which... That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know, uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite the deals! Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of... It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! So angry! Yes, okay. Hello and welcome to the 107th episode of the Best Linux Games Podcast, our post-election episode. Um yeah, how about that election? Um wow. It's being recorded for you on set uh <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. My dates are even scrambled. My mind is gone. Where's the booze? That's right, crack engineer Ivor Molina over there in the booth. He's showing us the drink more sign. Um already. We have not even gotten to our our time and date stamp, our our dateline yet. Oh my goodness. Mm. It <laughs> episode of the 107 of the Best Links Games podcast being recorded for you on this glorious Saturday morning, uh, Saturday the 12th of November, uh, 2016 at uh, 7.19am Pacific Time. That would make it 2016 what, 11.12? So, yeah, 2016, 11.12, uh, 7.19am um, where it, we, if you're anything like 
us, you know, we try to keep this the toy aisle. In the immortal words of uh, Captain Midnight, uh, the great schmooze over there on what used to be WFAN, um, uh, Steve Summers uh, used to always adamantly say that we exist in the toy aisle. Um, uh, so we try to keep it uh, light and etc. But uh, our top stories this week, of course, are post-election bewilderment on basically every scale, sense of the word. Um, you know, uh, yeah, uh, that's kind of how it feels. The people have spoken. Let the demox prevails, which is good. Um, hopefully, uh, we are all buckled up and uh, we're along for the ride now. Um, so that that's uh, that's 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 how we feel. Um, I wish that I wish that it only ran on Linux, but uh, anyway, uh, so our uh, episode of Best Linux Games, the column this week focuses on if if you were um, if you uh. I'm prepared to do you a favor. Thank you, thank you, Ivor. If you like, like us, um, are are bewildered uh, and somewhat in shock, um, that's okay. Uh, our column this week focuses on three ways that you can possibly obviate. That's right, Ivor. Ivor is just pounding on the glass like, like a gorilla with the drink sign. Mm, cheers. Mm. Mm. Ah. If you, like us, are bewildered, uh, our column gives you three wonderful Linux uh, topics to um, to consider to, to focus on them. Focus on them through the pain. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of how this last week has been for me. Um, but that's okay. Uh, the demox prevails, um, which is all that's important. I keep telling myself that, and um, you know, it, it's it's because this lot I wanted for fucking war crimes. Yeah, mass murder. Yeah, naked. I want to buy the fucking. Ah, so uh, basically, uh, our, our column this week uh, covers the uh, new Steam interface because you know that's big news. <laughs> um, and then uh, th- how to make people works or um, people spray in uh, Mad Max, and then also um, tyranny, which is our only new and noteworthy title this week. Uh, actually, no, that's not true. We have two new and noteworthy titles. Um, Oblivion's Edge and uh, Tyranny. But, uh, yeah. So, okay, let's talk about the new Steam interface here real fast. Um, for those of you who are longtime listeners of uh, the show, you know that I have personally oh boy, a real conflicted checkered history with um, the Steam interface, mainly in the ways that it presents slash sometimes hides slash gets it right, gets it wrong. Um, 
the ways in which it presents uh, titles that are available actually for Linux, well, they've they've gone through a major reiteration that doesn't really change those aspects, but it does add a new display thing where if you mouse if you mouse hover over any of the items in like the popular new releases or the specials, the main top ten categories on your page, it presents you with like a little. Uh, breakout bar that that shows you um, screenshots of the game. Um, like so for oh, here's a game that I mm, oh yeah, it's it's old Nation Red. I personally wish that this also instead of showing you four fucking screenshots, I wish that it showed you three screenshots along with the um, actual copy from the. Uh, from the game developers, you know, their little uh, their little blurb about the game, but you know, anything any step forwards in terms of modernizing the just overall Steam interface at least insofar as I'm concerned is a step forward, so that's something that's that's good um, it could be better, and I wish that it also did the same thing when it displayed uh, search criteria uh, the results based on individual user search criteria, but I, I'm getting the impression that that might be a little much to ask at this point from Steam. Uh, although it seems like just as everything else with Steam and with Linux, it's a process and it's you know, they're working on making it better continuously, so any any steps forward I find encouraging. Um, this does help me personally uh, in terms of, you know, editing um, the, the material for the podcast because a lot of times I get confused between games with similar titles and stuff um, this does help just even though it's just screenshots it does help differentiate one game from another so there you go check out the column if you're looking for real post-selection uh, salves um, that's S-A-L-V-E-S um, but yeah th- that's all we got for our top stories you know we're going to have a shorter we're going to have a more traditional show this week uh, in line with the election, I guess. Oh my god. Um, we only have a couple of uh, new and noteworthies and only a couple of uh, deals, but the deals are really good this week, so stick around. Uh, Ivor, why don't you hit him with it? I was a North American fall when worm in my former life. Here are the newest and most noteworthy titles from this week. So first off, we have a huge, huge new game called Tyranny. That's T-Y-R-A-N-N-Y. And no, it's not a joke about the election or anything. Check it out. This has a pretty interesting... Can we get that audio, Ivor? Can, can you... Thank you. The nations of the free world have fallen. All have been forced to kneel. You are a fate binder, an instrument of Kairos, the overlord that controls this world. You are sent to bring judgment. Is lost. You alone dictate the path of the people. You may wield an iron fist, bend the sorcery, show mercy, or crush all who defy you. I'm a big fan of crush all who defy you. From the creators of Pillars of Eternity 
Choose the fate of others. We will carve a path to the Citadel on our own. Make your will law. What will you choose, Fate Binder? The fate of a people does not always rest with a hero. Ain't that the truth? Um. So that's Tyranny, which I spent 23 minutes. Okay, now if you're looking for a game that is going to just. Okay. Let, let me give you some history here. If you don't remember a game called Baldur's Gate, that's okay. If you don't remember a game called Pillars of Eternity that came out, I guess, two years ago, maybe a year and a half ago, then that's less okay. It's going to be less good for explaining what tyranny is all about. Because Pillars of Eternity took like the whole Baldur's Gate demi-isometric point-and-click based role-playing game to a new level of just like absurd immersiveness like dialogue decisions conversation decisions um humongous combat everything all of your de uh, derived attributes all this shit very detailed um very immersive bewilderingly so I, I know that's like the word of the week for for this podcast bewildering um but that's what Pillars of Eternity did. Pillars, Pillars of Eternity was like, oh yeah, you like Baldur's Gate? Well, that's pussy shit, because we're gonna fuck you up like a car crash with just total fucking story immersion. You're gonna spend so much time reading stuff, and you're gonna actually really start to enjoy the reading that it's going to force you into doing, and the decisions that you're gonna be forced to consider um, that you're gonna get so lost in this that it's gonna be, you know, you're gonna show up to work, you know, three days late, and you, like, I was just I just sat down for tyranny I, I'm only an hour late, and I'm like, no you're three days late tyranny is very much in the same uh, vein as Pillars of Eternity it's you know, I meant to spend literally five minutes to see if the game would boot up and I was in it for 25 minutes, something like that. Um, it's an expensive game. Tyranny uh, bills itself, by the way, as in Tyranny, the grand war between good and evil is over and the forces of evil, led by Kairos, the overlord, have won. Um, so far, the user reviews have been very positive. 380 reviews. Came out November 10th. Um, I got the Commander Edition because <sighs> I'm just I, I, I I've, I've said it before, I'll say it again, I find it repulsive that um, these, this is not an independently developed game anymore. This is a game that's put out by Obsidian and uh, that's the developer and, and published by Paradox Interactive. Obsidian Entertainment developed it. Um... I got the Commander Edition because I refuse to spend $80 on the Tyranny Overlord Edition. I don't know what that gives you. They don't really tell you what it gives you. And this is not the world's be-all and end-all game. You know, I'm just saying. I haven't been it. This is not a review. But the Commander Edition is $44.99. And 
they're lucky because they caught me mm, in a mood for vast, vast um, escapism. So, you know, if that's what if that's where you are, then uh, tyranny will absolutely fulfill that that role. I don't know if it has some of the same things that made Pillars of Eternity such a uh, problematic game for me, i.e. the fact that you don't get ex- you only get experience points for completing um, quests, not for defeating enemies, which is an interesting approach to a game. It, and one that I can appreciate, but it's not one that um, rewards my playstyle and my traditional, you know, ingrained ways of thinking. My old before times concept of what a, a RPG like this should be, but um, it is graphically fantastic, and uh, the adventure will suck. You know, it, it, you will be transported into another world, which is always good um especially if you're struggling with reality as we know it um yeah i'm i don't know if you can tell but i'm just really struggling um not just with this election but like with uh i'm i'm having some personal issues too at the same time it's like a big fucking horrendous deal so I'm like big on escapism which is our next new and noteworthy Oblivion's Edge which also came out November 10th four game modes anyway Oblivion's Edge builds itself as an arcade and bullet hell inspired twin stick shooter with multiple game modes and difficulty levels you are the last pilot on earth tasked with slowing down the invasion and giving survivors enough time to escape uh motherships mini bosses this looks like top down um asteroids style uh twin stick shooter multicolored awesomeness I also bought this today um so far no user reviews came out November 10th it is uh now through November 17th uh 10% off at $4.49 if it's really good you'll hear more about it on this podcast um next week perhaps uh it looks it looks like I've been waiting for a game that combines Armada, Geometry Wars 2, Retro of All. I've been waiting for a game that combines a lot of aspects that this game might actually combine. Uh, we'll see. Um, but Oblivion's Edge, that's O-B-L-I-V-I-O-N apostrophe S Edge, E-D-G-E E-D-G-E Yeah. <laughs> um, $4.49 there you go. About this game, one pilot, one ship, 10 billion lives to save. Um, so you can't, I mean, it's difficult to resist that kind of temptation. So that's our new and noteworthy. Um, which brings us to our feature this week. Uh, I've why don't you hit them with that, please? Perfect. Oh, my God. It's Bolivian. Bolivian. 
never gonna let you down. I can read your mind. Miss Meek's teacher, I can't read you. I can't read you, I can read your mind. Take it, Scooky. So this week, we have a kind of a uh, new and, um, <laughs> I don't know, it's, it's, it's bizarre, but it's, it seems essential to me because I didn't get into a lot of specifics about Mad Max in our review. Although, I, I don't know, I thought I, I listened to it again. I very rarely listen to the podcast after I, I do it, but I, I listened to that, that review again and I thought that really what might be more um more fun at least for me <laughs> is to read to you some of the messages that I've sent via Twitter to my friend um what we'll call my my sister Jerry um so like Jerry like will send me a Twitter message about something, you know, normal, and I'll just reply with stuff from Mad Max, um, like, as if it's, you know, actually happening, because for me, it actually, you know, generally is happening, um, I've spent a lot of time playing this game, it's a fabulous game, if you want to know the moral of the story of this feature, which we'll try to keep pretty brief, um, is Go Buy Mad Max, uh, but, so all of these are from the perspective of Mad Max, uh, occasionally in a blah. So here's like the first one from, uh, about from last week ago, where I just re- replied to him. He's like, Jerry, how are you doing today? I'm like, Jerry, the human body is so full of crunchy, terrible, breaky parts, especially when you just basically jam them all together in as many wrong ways as possible. It's a very crunchy, bird like, screaming, kind of howling play place. Um, and then he asked me another question about uh, his day, or about my day, and I'm like, there's so many, many fascinating places to put a knife into the human body, uh, some of which are both extraordinarily painful and entirely debilitating. Fantastic. But ultimately, and then, so then I went on this weird campaign thing um, a couple days running up into the election, where I would just reply as if Mad Max was the ultimate negotiator that Mad Max was not a creature of violence and etc. And we'll get to, by the way, this is spoiler alert, we are going to actually fully I'm going to fully disclose my interpretation of Mad Max from the video game. But I'm not going to tell you any plot aspects or story aspects. It's just the conclusion that I gleaned from the game. So anyway, uh, but ultimately this is from the text messages. <laughs> where I'm trying to explain to my friend Jerry about what it's my sister Jerry what it's like to be um, the world's greatest negotiator Mad Max but ultimately if you want to really explain to these guys who you are and what you believe in blowing one of them in half in the middle of a firefight using your shock in the middle of a fist fight using your shotgun generally ensures that they understand you are here to negotiate but your position is at, is an adamant one and absolutely intractable and it's going to fuck them up with their own murder like the way you blink dust out of your beard it helps to let them know that you are that kind of guy the kind of guy they can absolutely trust the kind of guy who doesn't prevaricate or equivocate or lie to you the kind of guy who you can be certain about 
and that you don't want to be around ever because he is an engine of terrible, horrible violence that once its gaze is fixed upon you, there is no longer any time left to run. That's who I am today. Your friendly wasteland representative running for Lord High Executioner. You know, the quiet type. Like, from hell! With the endless stare that doesn't see or understand you or anything. Eh, really doesn't understand anything. Real quiet. Ah, yes, that guy. And my friend Jerry, my sister Jerry, responded with, Ah, yes, that guy. Always the first to start exploding people and exploding people in vehicles. And I replied with, and I'd been playing for like 12 hours at this point, but seriously, this is like the magic of the game for me. No, not the first, but always the last. He's the guy who has been frozen in the same moment of absolute catastrophic, unthinkable horror for 30 years. If only someone had given him just a second, but they didn't. And then the world ended, and then things happened, but it didn't matter to him. He doesn't have any idea what he's doing or where he is because he's literally still right there 30 years ago and then things got weird but not him he's still there he's there all the time and my my sister Jerry said now this is one that's going to take some time to unpack and I replied with and here's a spoiler alert nope that's just Max he isn't angry he isn't insane He's absolutely post-traumatic stress disorder from that second his wife and daughter got killed. I absolutely understand him now. The fact that the world ended or anything else doesn't register to him. He is literally still right there. I know this feeling very well. That's why he survives and never stops. Because he isn't even here. It's a reflex reaction to him. Everything around him. But he can't see it. He can't even see civilization once it begins to return from the wasteland. Because he's still there. Right there 30 years ago. And what a fun time we've had since, eh? That's called horror. <laughs> That's why he doesn't care what he eats or drinks or has or does or doesn't have. And also why he can't stay anywhere. Super hard to be that guy's friend or ally or anything very awful sad terrible world that's what's inside his head anyway so that's my uh dissection of mad max which honestly like there are two games that leap out in history to me that remind me of mad max one was the original half-life where i you know I wrote a poem about it in my in 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 one of my books, um, Blue Wizard is about to die. Uh shit. I let me see if I can dig that up. Pause it for me, Ivor. Alright, so I haven't ever done this before on the show, but this is a great time to do it. This is my poem Half Life. From uh this is from two thousand three from my book Blue Wizards About to Die Prose Poems and Modern Restaurant Expressionist Pieces about video games 1980-2003 but this is from the 10 year anniversary edition which soon I know I know I know we've been saying this for a year now will be available on Amazon for the first time ever as an ebook uh, instead of as you know just a perfect bound you know blah but it's been a difficult process anyway Half-Life I have a crowbar and many problems 
Apparently, I wasn't working on what I had thought. A new toothpaste, a better mousetrap. Through science, anything is possible. Thank the man in the blue suit. Set us all up. I curse his name while crawling through the shattered red of the broken reactor core. What is a crowbar? A hook on some metal. A stick. A split. You'd be surprised what someone with a crowbar and the will to live can do. Amazing things. It feels good in my hand. I flip it loose while walking through the halls, admiring its blunt weight. Relaxed in my hand, it almost seems to float. Things aren't so good for me lately. Two. The aliens have come. <laughs> I never thought I would say that. Never believed in them until now. Biology is a remarkable science. You come to admire it while smashing headcrabs or killing the co-workers they have converted. I can't lie. I'm very afraid. Three. These things with the tongues, I really hate them. Bulbous gut bags drooling a slithering thermometer, a subtle pink python glistening dangling from the ceiling, dying to encircle you and pull you into its jaws. Once while out of ammo, I had to let it catch me, had to prepare myself, knowing, crowbar at the ready, my body quaking, fearful of the fall. I had to step into the tongue, had to embrace it. Shivers. Thirty feet up to the ceiling, I rode that sticky slime gym rope, staring into the toothy hole from which it emanated. I thought of nothing but the crowbar, and when I could smell the creature's decay, could see its gelatinous organs pulsing, I swung and jammed sharp end out, never making a sound. While wetting my pants, it died, and the rope went slack, and I fell to the floor along with the chunky rain of the thing's inner meat. Fun day at the office. Afterwards, I used the crowbar to smash boxes like a rape victim crying, only partly to look for health. Still, the crowbar was with me. At least I had that. And the poem goes on. Um, but the point is, for me, Half-Life, even though like it's been success successively ruined and diluted by what they've done with the franchise, with the series... With the story, actually, within the series, or lack thereof, um, Half-Life 2, the ending, I thought was absolutely insulting. Um, but the only other game that made me feel that way, Half-Life, to me, was the ultimate bad day at the office. I mean, it is the worst day at the office. The world ends in your worst day at the office. Um... The second worst day at the office for me was Max Payne. And Max Payne, it's not just worst day at the office. It's it's just it's just the worst day ever in video, you know, blah. And then then there is Mad Max. And what I realized from this this game of Mad Max more so than than all all four of the movies combined. Like I said, the first movie is nasty trash that only sets up the second one. Um, and this is how I've always felt about the movies. Um, the second one is just a fantastic, unfathomably brilliant um, film. And then the third one uh, is kind of like an attempt at showing a rebirth. 
Um, but it's not, it has nothing to do with Max. The fourth one, if you take it not as a separate film, from if you take it not as a reboot, but as just the next movie, because Civilization is, has come back in the fourth film, if you take all four of them together, and that's what this game really, really helped me to see, is that Mad Max he's he is the, 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 the greatest genius of it is that they end the world at the beginning of the second movie which only highlights the ambiguity inside of his head because he is so traumatized by the, and even though the first movie is absolutely terrible it's a terrible movie um, but it is really about post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, it's really about him never being able to get over the things that he has seen. The things that he has seen. And so then the world ends, and it doesn't matter, and that's kind of the message, is that the, the world ends and it doesn't matter, but the world still goes on. The world, in the moral words of Al Swearingen, the world goes on until you're dead. Um, and so that, that's, it's, it's a brilliant relief. It sets into brilliant relief this, this guy who can't get over what he has seen. He just can't get over it. And so, yeah, he survives as, you know, just a, a feral instinct, just as, as, you know, and it, and it takes up until the third film where he finds, um, something that's not attacking him for him to actually, come out of his shell and say, hey, look, oh, okay, look. The world out there is fucked, you know, we can't go back out there, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then even that is not as good as ultimately what is in the fourth film and in the, and as, as the Mad Max you come to know who is in the game. That's how I came to know Mad Max in the game, Mad Max. So... Which was an an interpretation of Mad Max that I had never really contemplated, or I never really come to understand, or I never really um, never really thought of. I always just thought of him as this awesome action hero. My favorite movie was always Mad Max Two. I always called it the Road Warrior. I always thought that was the. I mean, I saw it a hundred thousand times as a little kid. And then I thought the, the, the third one was pretty neat, um, Beyond the Thunderdome with the apocalypses and stuff. And then I, I became an adult and I, that third movie is very, I can't make it through that movie without crying because it's very sad. Um, but really, what makes me super sad, what makes me super filled with awesome, awesome, Amazeballs, um, video game infused jolted joy is the way the fourth game helped me to see Mad Max as someone who who isn't even really there. Who the whole world could actually be like restored for. And it wouldn't matter to him. 
he doesn't he doesn't see it he doesn't he 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 is not there so and i think that that might be apropos for some people by the way the message of that story is you know you got to talk to people you got to you got to post traumatic stress disorder is oh trust me i know i know this I, i'm i'm I know this for a fact. It's one of the most debilitating and horrible things that can happen to a person. Um, You know, uh, it's something you deal with every day. So, anyway. You... You don't just get to move beyond it. And it's anyone who tells you that you just have to move beyond it. They don't know what the fuck they're talking about. And just ask Max. He's moving beyond it. He's way beyond it. He doesn't even know where the fuck he is. So there you go. That's our feature, which leads us up to uh, the deals. Everyone's favorite. Why don't you hit them with it, Ivor? I think they deserve a little little deals. We got some good deals for you this week. First off, we have um, one of those games that, I mean, you want to talk about total escapism? Well, here you go. It's a game that I have yet to play on Linux, but I finally bought today. Empire Total War. Like, basically, like the entire Napoleonic War experience from ship to shore, etc. Um, Empire Total War is now $4.99. Uh, that's 75% off now through November 14th. Um, I'm personally looking forward to it. Uh, Oh no. Oh god. <laughs> As we extol the virtues of the new um Steam client, uh <laughs> it's still just as fucked for me. Here we go. Empire Total War. Yeah. Um it's an older game, but uh command the seas, control the land, forge a new nation and conquer the globe. Um mostly positive reviews, 131 reviews recently. <laughs> Very positive, uh, historically 10,302 uh, reviews came out uh, in 2009. Um, yeah, personally, I've been, you know, pretty much drooling for it. There's also the reason why it was important to pull this page up is that there's the Empire Total War collection, which also ostensibly runs on Linux. It's also 75% off. It's $8.74. It includes six additional items with Empire Total War. It includes Empire Total War, Elite Units of the Americas, Empire Total War, Elite Units of the East, Empire Total War, Elite Units of the West, Empire Total War, Special Forces Units, and Bonus Content, Empire Total War, the Warpath Campaign. Now, it does not include uh, any of the sequels, but this is... I'm looking very much forward to finally playing uh, Empire Total War on Linux. 
there we go. Up next, holy shit, you know, buckle yourself in. You want to talk about total escape? Well, there is no escape from our good old friends, good old friends at Duskers. Mm. Possibly my favorite game that I have played on Linux, one of my favorite games I've ever played. Yeah, well, not too many survivors out there listening. Not too many survivors going to respond. Duskers Explore, Adapt, Survive. Um, game very rarely goes on sale, and not without good reason. I say you jump on this deal with both feet. Both feet. Duskers, now through November 14th, is 25% off from $19.99 to $14.99. It is completely... In fact, I would say it, it's a moral... You are placing yourself, my friend, in a zone of moral ambiguity by not paying fucking, um, I can't remember his name, because we never ended up interviewing him, but without paying this guy full price for this awesome game, you are doing him a disservice, so do him a disservice and jump on it. (laughs) off, $14.99, will more than pay you back. I have 132 hours on record. And once again, I have to reiterate that I am the world's greatest Duskers player in the world. I am the all-time champion of Duskers. Anyone who wishes to dispute it can step to death row and openly challenge me. Tell your friends, I will chew them up. I will teach them how to play Duskers and teach them the meaning of humiliation. Bring it, bitches. Bring it. Bring it. At Skooky Sprite. Um, or Skooky Sprite, you know, on Steam or at Vegas Writer on Twitter. And then finally, a game that I'm not going to buy for the hundredth time, but a game that very rarely goes on sale and that very many people have really, really loved. Soul Axiom. S-O-U-L-A-X-I-O-M. Builds itself as... Uh, a first-person story-driven adventure puzzle game set in the beautiful, haunting cyber world of Elysia. Collect unique hand powers, discover multiple endings, and choose your own destiny as you unravel the mystery of your digital afterlife. Very positive. Nine reviews came out February 29th, 2016. Uh, that was like the final release. Um, right now, Soul Axiom through November 21st is 60% off at $7.99. So, if you're like me, I really wanted to get this, but I just... I, I can't I can't stand puzzle games. I just... I, I'm not... It, it, looks fan, it looks fabulous. It looks fabulous. It's probably like the big game that like I am missing of, you know, this five-year cycle, but I'll cope with that later. Soul Axiom. So, in our deals, we had Empire Total War, $4.99, 75% off, uh, now it's November 14th. Duskers. Is anybody out there? <laughs> um, Duskers, 25% off, $14.99, now through November 14th. And then Soul Axiom, uh, which looks like a cross between, uh, The, the hacking elements of System Shock 1, where you're inside the mainframe, you know, with your new play, play friendship. Shout out. Hi, I'm not making new people, I'm just recycling you. Um, 
Axiom, 60% off, $7.99 or $0.49, something like that. If you're going to quibble over the 50 cents right or wrong, then ooh, we're going to have a hard time getting along. <laughs> $0.99, cents, there we go. Um, so that'll do us for this week. Uh, cheers, thanks for listening, and uh, check out the Best Links Games, the column for our post-election, uh, you know, post post-traumatic stress election <laughs> um, coverage uh, things that'll help take your mind off of it and uh, that'll do us for this week later days the best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die now available for the first time as an ebook on amazon.com to subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.